Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Doesn't that song just get in your head? I have people actually sitting there saying, hey, dude, where did you get your intro? I want that music. That thing's so cool. I want to, I want to duplicate it. And then I tell them privately, I'm like, I did it on Animoto. Animoto was super easy. It was really chill. So anyways, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of most ages. Hello, hello, hello again. This is the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Rash, the place where and I am the no excuses coach, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And whether you're joining us live or you're joining us here on the replay, thank you so much for being here. And as always being misfits for life here as the part of the kick-ass nation. I love you guys. We have so much major exciting stuff coming up here with the show and everything that I'm associated with working on. So stand and by fasten your seatbelts. If you're not already in the newsletter, please go to ChristopherRoush.com, ChristopherRoush.com. I haven't really announced it yet, but the, the website is now launched. And I'm gaining people through the newsletter that are going to be receiving special offers to work with me, to attend different events that I'm going to be working with in conjunction with Princeton Clark and the Evolved Mastery Group, um, as well as what I'm doing with some other individuals as well with Scott Goyette and Go Love Now and our co group coaching program. So please always go to that newsletter. I want to make sure I get to you guys uh, because you never know with social media and everything else that's going on where we might lose contact. But at least if you're on the email list, I can always make sure that we're together and that you guys are part of the Kickass family. So uh, once again, I want to thank you all, each and every one of you that who are who send me information or send me emails or, or notes after the shows and letting me know which which guests you really dig or which content you really dig. Um, obviously, by the, the, the amount of the engagement that we get here, I can see that as well. But when you guys send me those private messages, it really means a lot to me. It lets me know that we're on the right track with the show, that I'm on the right track with the questions and the guests that I have, or whether it is I'm doing a solo show. I appreciate that feedback as well. Some of you guys have said recently, it's cool to see you do a solo show every once in a while and just for you to just rip on whatever's going on in your mind. So thank you guys for that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So much love what's going on and, and as i just briefly mentioned as well our group coaching program starts june 7th so if you're interested in getting in that there's only about four or five seats left in there that i'm just waiting on confirmation from scott uh, we're keeping the group small we like it that way we want an opportunity to engage with you so if you're interested in starting that it's a 12-week group coaching program on june 7th so reach out to me please and then i will uh, i will hook you up and take care of you especially if you're part of misfit nation so ladies and gentlemen i'm excited i have a great guest for us tonight and we're going to just dive in and get raw and unscripted with the content that we're going to be sharing with you tonight so if you find uh, certain subjects a little bit scary and unknown. What I invite you to do is just to sit and listen. Perhaps if you're watching this live, you can sit there and you can ask us questions that we can engage with you and give you some answers on that. Um, but yes, you know, things we're going to talk about sometimes may be controversial. And that's what more of the direction I'm going to be taking here on the Ron Unscripted Show and also the Unfiltered Experience. My other show with Scott is just delving more deeply into some of the things that are going on in the world around us that sometimes we don't really want to talk about or know about. We want to let everybody else deal with. But one of my responsibilities as a broadcaster, as somebody who's here trying to change the world, it's important for us to understand what is really going on in our world and having different perspectives about situations is healthy. We don't have to agree with everybody else that maybe we don't have the same experience with, but we can sit there and we can enlighten ourselves to understand really what's going on in our world around us uh, from different people who are really the passionate people on the ground that are trying to find the answers to these situations. So we're going to be talking about some really cool subjects tonight, but most of all, we're going to talk about life. You know, you guys know me, it's mindset, it's the outcome. It's what can you take from this show tonight 
and go apply in your life that you start making you know progress in anything that you're doing. I call it the 1% rule. If you take 1% and you apply that to your life every day and you do that compound interest, it's amazing what you can accomplish in 365 days. Now, I know 365 days may seem like a long time, but think about what the situation you're in right now and how long it took you to get there, right? It may have taken you six, seven, 10, 15, all your life. How many years does it take? Invest three, six, 365 days of 1% growth every single day and you watch, you'll be a different person in 365 days. And I am happy to have on the show tonight, uh, somebody who I met through the app Clubhouse, you guys have heard, talk, heard me talking about that. Um, listening to this lady's voice, and the, and, the, and the soul of what it is that she is here on earth to accomplish is absolutely inspiring. I am happy to welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, Nina, London's life coach, or as I know her, Nina the Brit. What's going on, Nina? How are you? I'm great, thank you. So good to have you on the Ron and Scripted Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, if you couldn't tell by the accent and the fact that I said Nina the Brit, Nina is coming to us from the UK. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually calling from London or I'm actually live from London right now. So <laughs> live. Can you say that? Can you say uh, I'm Nina and I'm the Raw and Unscripted <laughs> Show live from London? I'm Nina. I'm on the Raw and Unscripted Show live from London. Oh, <laughs> dude, I'm going to replay that. That is so beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for being here. I know in, in your in your area of the world, it's about eight o'clock a little bit yeah. uh, after eight, 8 p.m. And one thing I know about you, Nina, and I and I really applaud you, and I want to make sure I said this before we got off the interview, so I'm glad I'm remembering right now. I applaud you for how much effort and how much time you spend in social media, in your pursuits of trying to make the world a better place for who it is that, and what you do. Um, when I think about you know what I was just talking about in the intro, and I think about life in general, I look at the last year especially, or the last 18 months of my life especially, the last year and a half for my life has been massively different in a good way, in a challenging way as well. But as we know, at the time of this broadcast, we're coming to the end or whatever we want to call COVID-19, the pandemic that's been you know, really taking charge of our world lately. Um, what has been your experience with COVID it, itself, the COVID situation with your life, and how have you seen change within yourself during this period of time? Not... It hasn't actually affected me, if I'm being honest, and that's because I haven't changed my life deliberately. I still will go out, and I went out regardless because I've only just found freedom, and your listeners will understand more as we go along, but having just found freedom, I re refuse to allow anybody to take away my basic human rights. It doesn't mean I was infecting anyone, if you want to use that word, because I didn't see anybody but I did take drives to the beach when I wanted to. I took drives to the top of hills and I wanted to be one with mother nature because for me, mother nature has a lot of healing qualities and it's where I actually recharge my battery because I'm very much into grounding and just being around um, the natural elements that this amazing world offers to us. So it didn't affect me because I didn't allow it to affect me. And that's something that I, have learned through my life experiences that you are in control of how a situation or even when things forced upon you, it's down to you how you react. And I chose not to react. What, 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 what's the basis for that decision? Is that something based on that you've been in through previous areas of your life where you've, where you've reacted before and you realize that the responsive action in those situations is a more deliberate action? I removed one thing from my life a couple of years ago, which is a four-letter word called fear. So now I understand that that fear is a power that's taken away from you 
when you allow that fear to take over your mind, your body, your actions. So with, with the way life has presented certain testing situations to me, I understood that once I take away the word fear and replace it with love within, then I am unstoppable and no longer concerned. And I'm very much living in the present. I'm not anxious about what's happening or what's going to happen because I'm making the most of right now. I'm not worried about what has happened because I'm not there anymore. So I removed that word and it has served me very well. Wow. That is so beautiful. There's like four things you said within that little sharing right there that I could totally jump off on and totally agree with. So let's see what comes to my mind. Um, okay. So you, so you personally have not changed because you've seen this as a, as a situation in life where you have chosen to be in those moments. You've chosen to not live in the past, not be in fear of the future, but just be present in those moments. Why is that such a challenge for most people when they think about that most of their life, I find people are either living in, in, in regret of the past and they're thinking about the past and other things that they should have, could have, would have done, um, or they're so fearful of the future. And most of what I see is that failure. I mean, you're a life coach as well. You've coached lots of other people and you've, you've been through so many different experiences. What is your top recommendation for people to be able to start really just enjoying the moments? Because that's something I have massively found out for myself, I was always not not so much a, a, a Monday morning quarterback, but I've always been a plan A, B, and C guy. And I'm looking to the future and I'm like thinking, okay, what am I going to do in this situation? What can I do here? How can I position myself here? I've always been a survivor until I started working with the great Sally Anderson. Um, then she started, she started changing me in that situation of what I was looking at. And I started finding that the beauty is in those moments. Just in, if you start, and I really realize that people think I'm crazy now. I'm like, if you just enjoy everything, if I just enjoy this moment with you, that we're having this great conversation, nothing else matters. I'm not in fear. I'm not in anything else like that. How can we position people to, to own more of that present state of gratitude? Yeah, I, I am a life coach and I'm very blessed. I know Sally, she's amazing. I love her so much. She's she's um, a beacon of light for sure. Um, I coach quite elite people. So my um, the people that come to me are ex-professional athletes or current athletes. They, you know, I've had professional boxers. I've had um, people of very high statures. It doesn't make a difference who you are. But the reason I'm saying that is because they trust in me. And a lot of people are living in the past. And what I say to those people is, how heavy is that burden that you're carrying? And do you not want to let it go? You know, there's ways of letting it go. The people that are anxious about what's going to happen, I say you're worrying about something that's not quite happened. You're almost willing it to happen. So be excited for the here and now. It's very easy for me to be excited because I'm almost living a life that you lived or maybe, you know, without being um, assumption in making assumptions that maybe you lived when you were in your 20s. I'm living that now. So for me, everything's exciting. I've almost lived a very trapped life, a very enclosed life. The cultural restraints were so much so, and my former partner was very narcissistic, so I didn't have that freedom, that simple word, which means so much. So I would say to anybody that's struggling with COVID or struggling with any situation that you choose, whether you're opening that door to the jail that you're enclosing yourself in or the prison of your past, or even the prison of your future, you're, you're choosing to stay there and it takes just one step to step out of it so that you can actually live 
your life because you're not living it. And when you do start to live it, you'll understand that nothing really matters apart from today, here and now. Yes, yes, that is so true. That was, I mean, that's so brilliant, Nina, because when COVID first hit, one of the first, that's how I started the Friday night show that we were talking about before off camera about with Scott and I, I just started on Friday nights because people were trapped inside. I'm like, let's do something that lifts their spirits up and gets them through these moments and <clears throat> things of that nature. So it is, it really caused me just to, just to enjoy the flavor of that because so many people were sitting there saying, I want normalcy back. I want to go back to what's normal. I'm like, there is no normal. There's never been a normal. There's been a predictive pattern of behaviors and outcomes based on your belief systems and what you are putting into your brain and who you're surrounding yourself with. And so that was, for me, it was like, wow, that's kind of a, a, a trippy thing that, that we can get caught up in, you know, so much of shit that we can't control, you know, and, and, and sitting there and pontificating about theory A, B and C when literally when you open up to the vibration, like you're saying of love, and this is something that I wasn't comfortable talking about, you know, three or four years ago, it was like love, whatever. I don't need love. I just, let's get the shit done. And here's how we're going to do it. A, B, C and D. Here are the five different plans that you're going to have. Here's your success plan. You're fixed. There you go. Run along. And then when I started doing more discovery into the the child psychology of how we and our, how our, how our belief systems are really uh, created from zero to five, that scared the shit out of me because yeah. I was thinking with my son, I'm like going, Oh my God, this is really crazy because I'm watching the light bulbs come on. I'm seeing the fear come in before he didn't have fear of anything, but now I see him like scared of heights and he's like, what? And I'm like, what turned that switch on? So that's what I think. I think that a lot of what really screws us up is, is the, the situations that have happened from our childhood. What are your thoughts on that? And what, what can we do to help people like identify that within, within themselves? Because I see so many people like, it's not my childhood. It was what happened when I was 30. Well, it does make a difference you know if if you are your your son is watching what daddy does and he'll want to do what daddy does if you stand with your hand on your head long enough he'll copy the same action we are led by people that are around us we're led by society we're led by social media because sometimes we don't actually know who we are within and i think finding yourself is a huge thing um a lot of people get through stuff, they muddle through, but they never really resolve their issues. And I think it's quite a common thing to just muddle um, and push it aside. But it's almost like a coat hanger that's been bent and then you can never straighten it completely again because it's not really ever going to be the same. One of the things I've recently learned about myself is that I under, I, I, I shrink things. I make them smaller than they are. You know, the fact of what I've been through and survived, now I'm accepting they are huge things. You know, I've I've survived so many massive, not even small things, they're huge, as in massive. But it doesn't mean I'm going back there. All it means is I'm saying to myself, some really horrible things have happened to me and I accept they've happened and I'm going to literally let them go. And I allow myself to be happy for now. Because you can either sit there and say, oh, my God, the worst things happened to me. My father did this. He tried to kill me. My brother did this. And you almost create this um, void that you're just almost falling down. And then you try and cover it up and step over it. And then it comes back and it, and it comes back. So what I'm trying to say to anybody out there, if you have had trauma, my heart does go out to you because I don't want anyone to feel that you know, anyone to feel bad or sad it's not who I am um but what I would like you to do is to ask yourself as I said earlier do you really want to carry those anchors around with you for the rest of your lives 
imagine holding two huge shopping bags which we've all done trying to think we can get them all from the car to the house in one go and as soon as you put them down you feel that sense of relief and oh thank god i've got them in it's almost the same sort of thing as carrying a huge baggage of all the bad things all the hurt all the pain all the trauma in one hand and forgetting that in this hand we've got all of the strengths we've got all of your victories we've got all of your love and your treasures and the treasures are worth holding on to more than more than the bad things. So you really need to just let them go. And it's not easy. It's not easy. And I'm not going to make it make out like it is easy. But with people like myself or Christopher or find somebody, even a friend, just somebody that will listen. Because a lot of the problems are people don't listen. They listen to tell you about themselves. And you need to find someone that actually just won't say a thing. That will just say, okay, I don't know how you feel, but I'm here for you. Maybe you could be that person for somebody. Maybe you could be that person to somebody that's going through something and just allow them to let them be and celebrate when they're celebrating. This is another thing. <laughs> People come and it's my day. I've done my TED talk, but they're telling me about their thing and not saying, you know what, Nina, this is a great day for you. And that's something that I'm not happy with. And I'm going to be really upfront because I'm direct. I've got nothing to hide. My feelings matter. My feelings matter just as they do for your listeners. Be considerate. Think about the other person and just give them that space too. Um, but I would love for you all to be free, to be able to live your life the way I know I'm living it and Chris is living it. Mm -hmm. I love your answers. I love your shares. If you if you would indulge us here, Nina, um, I want to go back to you because I had somebody on the show. I don't know if you know. Um, uh, geez, I just draw uh, the mosaic. Just oh yes, I know Daniel. Daniel's Daniel. Daniel Levin. Daniel yeah. Levin. Yeah, he's yeah. He, he was on. He was on our unfiltered uh, show probably a couple yeah. months ago, and at one point he said something and it kind of annoyed Scott and it annoyed me. And, and I, I know it annoyed our, our viewers because they were kind of questioning it. And he made something sound very easy. And I know you just kind of said, you know, <laughs> just let it go. But you also followed it up with, hey, there's some stuff in this. Would you mind sharing maybe a, a, an experience of your past with us that exemplifies that process and what you're really talking about with that empathy and forgiveness component is something yeah. that I've learned as well. What is something you've been through where you could talk about that forgiveness and empathy component and tie it into what it is that you're saying is, you know, something we can let go. So my my heritage, my ethnicity is Indian from North India. My parents are actually Sikhs and I'm born and raised in the United Kingdom if my accent hasn't given it away. Um, but with that comes a lot of cultural restraints. I'm an activist now against honor killings. And that is because I survived an honor killing. Now, it's literally for you to question what is an honor killing, literally for you to understand what is an honor killing, literally for you to spread awareness and say to your neighbor, I heard this with Chris yesterday. Did you know what an honor killing is? That's my objective here. Let us know what it is because I honestly mm. don't. Okay. So an honor killing is when in a culture, not just an Indian culture, North Africa, Africa is where the most honor killings happen. Asia and the Middle East. But let's remember one thing. Not everyone that's Indian is living in India. Not everyone that's Korean is living in Korea. Not everyone that's um, from Saudi Arabia is living in Saudi Arabia. So in your town, or in your place, there will be somebody from one of these cultures, whether it's African, Middle East, or Asian. 
when they have moved, they have taken their cultural restraints and beliefs with them, just as you will, and just as you will pass them on to your children. Um, so at the age of, I, in my culture, girls are just not wanted. And I think Chris has heard me say this before, that when a girl is born in India, often they leave them underneath a lorry in the hope that the lorry driver won't look underneath. He will get in and drive straight over that baby. That sounds harsh and horrific because it is. Ooh. It's horrific. Um, if the child or baby isn't left under the lorry, it's left on the side of the road because nobody wants a baby girl. That baby girl, her future is then left to the hands of whoever finds her, whether it, she goes into sex trafficking, child trafficking, sold for body parts, or whether she's sent to a different place for basically being a servant. So that's the kind of imagery I'm trying to create for you. And this is common, common in the United Kingdom, common in America, and I can give you cases, common in Australia, common in every country in the world. I was treated really badly because I was born a girl. So I became a servant, which is the normal thing for a girl to be a servant. And I was a servant at the age of six. I was then forced into a marriage. Things happened in between. <laughs> I was forced into an arranged marriage, which is common. At the age of 14, I was told I would get married. At the age 14? of 14, I was told that um, the marriage had been arranged. It wasn't a marriage, it was a trade. Um, and a lot of things have happened, but I did leave that arranged marriage. And this is where we get into the honor killings part. I brought shame and dishonor upon my family for leaving an arranged marriage because in the society that I'm from, respect is earned by abiding to the cultural rules and regulations and the restraints. If my parents didn't do something, they would be seen as not respected in the community. Whereas if they drew blood, which is necessary to draw blood, is to retain your respect. And this is a centuries old pandemic. It's more deadly than the coronavirus. And I'm going to say that again, it's more deadly than the coronavirus because this has been going on for centuries and nothing can cure it unless we speak out, I speak out, which is why I decided to. Now, Chris was asking me, what from my past have I let go of? I let go of the fact that my father and my brother savagely beat me where they broke my arm and my jaw, that they stamped upon me with such vengeance whilst my mother watched with such anger in her eyes until I passed out in the hope that they had killed me because they had left me there for dead. When they realized I wasn't dead, they agreed to send me to India to take me and to finish the killing there. But I am here because I, on my all fours, crawled out of the home to hide around the corner in a park. Do I feel angry? Is one of the first things people ask me, and no, I don't. Am I angry with my parents? No. I'm not angry because they didn't know any better. 
for them it's the normal thing that we're talking about going back to life normally this is their normal life this is how they live on a day-to-day basis it's not okay i'm not condoning their behavior but i'm saying for them it's normal do i hold those feelings of being broken and left for dead with blood and cuts all over my body no because that's such a valuable lesson to me with which i am now able to stand and convey a message to the world that a lot of the girls and i'm talking millions of girls are unable to speak out for themselves in my ted talk i say that as women we wake as women we live in fear and that's true i would wake up in fear i would sleep in fear again the cycle would happen i would wake up in fear i would sleep in fear that cycle's broken for me but there's so many people still imprisoned i'm not concerned and this sounds harsh again but i'm very me i'm not concerned about the ones that have died including my my half sister that my father abducted as a 6-year-old and took her to india to kill her years after i had been beaten i'm not worried about that because they are at peace they are our angels they are in a better place the ones i'm worried about are the ones that are imprisoned the ones that cannot even have food the way i never used to be able to the ones that cannot look out the window and say well i fancy a walk i'm going to go even at the age of 21 as i was they're the ones that i'm working for they're the ones whose voice i'm taking and i'm bringing forward and i'm saying to the world this is what we need to do something about so i don't hold anything against anybody or any pain or trauma it doesn't serve me how can i help others with that pain and trauma i've accepted that it happened to me i've forgiven i haven't forgotten because how do you forget these things but i have let go and that's why i'm calm that's why i have found this love for myself because that um what's the right word that storm that was in my mind and my whole soul has calmed it's it's now just a beautiful day every day because i have that opportunity of freedom but a lot of people don't wow you just blew my mind <laughs> you just you just blew my mind so thank you here on the ron and scripted show ladies and gentlemen christopher rouse's mind is blown <clears throat> excuse me i've heard a lot of things uh about different cultures and societies um over the years and i'm learning a lot more definitely now than i'm delving more into the stuff so thank you first of all for sharing that i mean excuse me a uh, very very sensitive uh information you're sharing there with us the first question that calls to me there's a couple of questions that call to me you've forgiven them and you and and that's that's something that i keyed in for myself honestly nina in all my life thinking about my mom and thinking about that situation with her <laughs> excuse me i saw that tickle um still thinking about that situation with her finding empathy and understanding like okay let me go back and travel in her shoes right it's all about me it's all about what you didn't do for me and all these different things that you put me through to your point when i went back and my mom used to always tell me she i'm 4 years old she was 41 the last time she had told me that that i really just like let into her i'm like mom you're a fucking adult why do you keep saying you're 4 years old that's bullshit get with it stop using it as a fucking excuse you know i'm 4 years old i'm 4 and then i when i started really going through a change in my own life and really trying to understand who Christopher was and is and how I could let go of that anger and the resentment I'm like 4 years old 4 years old I'm like and doing the child psychology thing like we were talking about before 
And what happened at four years old? Oh, that's right. Her mom and dad got divorced. Oh, that's right. Then she had to spend full time with her psychotic grandmother, her mother, or my psychotic grandmother, her mother. Most of the time, she got to see her dad on special events. She got to see him on Easter and Father's Day and all the other good events. But otherwise, she spent most of her time with this woman who I did not care very much for. Um, so then I started thinking, I'm like, to your point, okay, that, that becomes a, a very debatable situation. Did she do the best she could with what she had? Yes and no. I mean, there's, there's different opportunities to that, but to the ultimate point, I love that you're looking at life as happening for you and not to you. And that fact that what we talked about before, we have the opportunity to respond to situations and look at that with a different lens. We can't, we can only look through that lens of love or fear. Right. And so you're choosing to, to let go and, and live in those moments, which I think is beautiful because it's the same journey that I've been on. So if I can sit there and vouch for it and you can vouch for it, given what you've been through, it's amazing. Talk to us about, if you don't mind, what is what is your relationship now with your family and the culture, or is, are you still, you know, away from them? How has that impacted your life now? So I'm disowned by my family, understandably. <laughs> um, speaking out, I've had death threats from the community, from my family, because this is a taboo to speak out. We don't speak out, and normally victims of honor killings don't survive. They don't make it. And because of that, it's horrific for them to listen to me so unapologetically saying what I'm saying. But I don't have this desire to talk about things because I want everyone to know who I am. I don't care about that. And I say that quite bluntly. What I do care about is the people that I need and want to help. You see, those people, and this is for anybody listening also, have been told they're not good enough. This is one of the biggest things that brings a person down. Because they're born a girl, they're not good enough. But you might be out there, a man, or even a, a young man, or a boy, that's been told the same thing. And I just want to say that no one gets to decide whether you are good enough. No one gets to say that apart from you. It took me a long time. So if I can give you that knowledge now and save you that torture where you're trying to work things out in your own head, then let me do that for you. Let me help you to understand that you have that power unless you give it to somebody to decide for you. You can't go back. Chris can't go back and ask his mother questions because Chris is no longer that child. Nina is no longer that young girl. Nina is no longer that woman. We, we can't make a difference. And if I could go back, I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't have the knowledge I have now. So what can you really do with the information that you've got? What really can you do with the trauma that you're living through that someone has told you that you are not good enough? I'll tell you what you can do with that. You can make a change. You can say to yourself and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I bloody well love you because you are amazing. Because why shouldn't you think that? Often we think it's to do with ego, but it's nothing to do with ego. Ego is trying to fit a frame that somebody else is creating that you think you also need to fit into. But own your own self. Own your own, celebrate yourself. Own your own being here. You know, I have no concern about my outer image at all what I love about me is from within when I have a feeling that feeling isn't physical it's not my hand that's making that feeling 
when I get that gut feeling that something's wrong, it's not my hair that's making the feeling, it's me from within. Once you understand that love, that mindset, that spirit is your energy, you will also shift um, your mindset and you will understand that nobody, not one person can say something to you that will affect you anymore. We're all human. There will be things, if I turned around and I was mean to Chris now, of course it will affect him. Not that I would. <laughs> but what my point is that, yes, that much of um, somebody else's reaction to you should affect you. And the 90 99.9% .9 of it should come from within about how you feel about you. So letting go, you can do it. You are good enough. And you mustn't let anybody else tell you any different. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Self-love is the first love, baby. Yes, yes, yes. So I imagine through, and you just shared one situation from your from your past. Talk to us about through this journey from where you've been in that situation before to where you're at now um, and, and achieving the opportunity to give a TED Talk. What was perhaps one of the biggest lessons that you had to learn aside from the self-love component about about achieving your your goals and about knowing what your goals are and perhaps even just knowing who Nina is. Yeah. You see, I, I never knew who I was. I didn't. You know, I always thought I was somebody's daughter or someone's mother and someone's sister and someone's friend. I didn't actually know who I was. I am ex I'm exceptional at business. I can tell you that much. So that I thought that was my role. I'm a great mum and no one can take that from me. I thought that was my role. But I never actually knew my purpose, my mission, me. I didn't know who I was. I've always been able to speak to people. People have always been very forward coming to my space and saying, oh, you make a lot of sense and you know what to say. But that's just part of the personality, I thought, not realizing really what was happening. I believe I went through childhood rape so that I could help another person, not because I understand, because we never know what someone else has been through and we all see something very differently we all have our own perspective but maybe i can give them a little bit of an indication of how they may be feeling and what can happen out of it um the business side of me i can help people i've been helping people mental businesses and start businesses for a long time what i'm trying to say is that all these traumatic things that have happened um you know, I have been through a lot. I've I've survived death too many times for me to question. I question it. Chris, I question it. I have lay on the carpet many a times thinking this is it. Or being strangled by my former partner thinking this is it. Or waking up to my pillow being set on fire thinking now this is it. You know, losing my breath when I'm put, having my head pushed underwater thinking this is it. It's not been it. I'm still here and I still have love to give. So I'm not exceptional. I'm nobody different to anybody out there. It's just I discovered me quicker than maybe somebody else has. I can tell you Nina is now. Nina is this person that's full of love, that wants everyone to be spared of any trauma, wants to guide everyone to say, I can get you there quicker because you don't have to struggle the way I struggled. For everyone to understand that we were put on this earth to love one another. We're not objects to use one another or to 
treat each other badly. That's not why we were put on this earth. To say to people, look, I've worked life out. It's the game of life and how you live it. To say that the rules of having a great life were forced upon me without me knowing. I didn't lie. I didn't cheat. I didn't steal. I didn't do anything wrong. There is such a thing that is a good thing, a good person. There is. And I think that's what whoever's in charge of this game wants. And when we don't do it, we are then pushed. You're, you've heard of the phrase that the universe directs you. If it's not meant for you, you'll be redirected. It's part of learning who you are. Some people might say, well, what's the point? If this is a game, what is the point? None of it's real. Well, you're here anyway, so make the most of it. I had a conversation with Daniel, as you mentioned, and I said to Daniel, are you God? And some of your listeners might not like this. It doesn't mean I'm being disrespectful, but I believe I am God. I believe Christopher is God because God was within me. He's within you. He's within Daniel. He's within all of us. The chair I sit on has been created by God, so it is God. He is everywhere. If you believe in that faith, then you don't have to go to a church or a temple to acknowledge that. He lives here. And if you live in the way he's asked you to live, then maybe they are the cheat codes for a great life and to discover yourself quickly. Ooh, I love that, Nina. Cheat codes for life. Yeah, I mean it really is. It's I tell people all the time, and I've been I've been bitch slapped a few times when I say life is simple, quit complicating it. It it really is. If you start with when I talk to people throughout COVID, I've given a couple of hundred free coaching sessions away, just my way of giving back and helping people strategize what they could do in the situation to make it better. Um, you know, when I think about uh, the opportunity of what people do to take care of themselves, and I'll sit there and ask them like, okay, I want to I want you to answer this question without hesitation. I want you to give me your gut answer. Do you love yourself? Yes or no. And I just took a chance on this, Nina. After talking to probably about 25 people, I was like, it seems like these people don't love themselves. That's the, like the, because I always look for the root. Where's the root of the situation? Where's yeah. that root? How can we extricate it and, and put something and plant a new, a new belief right there? Um, and that was really surprising to me is finding out that. But another thing that was surprising me through this process as well, and you mentioned this at, at the beginning about you coaching elite people. For, the, for everybody watching and listening to this, I really want to ask this question because I know the answer to this, but I want them to hear it from you. You're coaching elite people, famous, all these different people who quote unquote have it, right? How are their problems different from the rest of our problems? They're not. <laughs> They're not. We're all human oh, yeah. beings. There is no elite. There is no elite. It's People have tried to, um, I'm going to use the word use me to get to some of these people. The only reason I attract these people is because I am unapologetically me. Yeah. I know exactly who I am. When you know who you are and you have nothing to prove, you don't have to wear designer clothes, you don't have to have your hair fake. You just celebrate you as a person and you love yourself and whatever is given to you. You attract these things, you attract these people. I'll tell you, the elite are the most suspicious people in the world because they've had too many people try to get close to them and then hurt them and then use them and move on. You can have 7,000 followers on Instagram, I do not care. You can have 2 million followers on Instagram, I don't care. 
100,000 followers on Instagram, I don't care. Because followers are just another word for, well, it's irrelevant. None of it matters. I know people that will speak to certain people because, oh my gosh, he's got this many people. I, I'm going to follow him and I'm going to connect with him. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. If that person isn't of any value or adding value to your life, why do you need that person in your life? Why do you need those followers to validate who you are? I haven't got that many followers and I don't care. I don't care because the message I'm trying to get across doesn't require followers. It, it requires an audience that is prepared to listen and help me get that message across. People that care about somebody else, people that care about themselves, because until you decide that who you are and that you care about you and that you love you, you can't do anything for anybody. You can't be an ambassador or a president or anything until you know who you are here. You cannot. And I and you cannot say you understand how a parent feels if you don't have children. How can you? It's that, com- it's that easy of a concept. You can't be a life coach unless you've sorted yourself out or you know who you are. And I've seen that lots of times too. Everyone's a life coach. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we're, we're all leaders. 21-year-old life coach. I'm like, what are you going to teach me about? Who, who are person? you leading? Who are you leading? Yeah. You know, you're a leader, Christopher. I'm a leader. Your four-year-old is a leader. My 28-year-old daughter, she's going to be 28, is a leader. We all lead one another. It's just another word for, you know, being present. And, and people are watching you because we're all watching each other. But why? Why don't you stop watching everyone else and just focus on you? And when your child speaks to you, put your bloody phone away and actually give that boy or girl the time and effort they're asking for. That's all children want. They want you to pay attention. I went to Ireland recently to do my TED talk and I was very fortunate to be invited back to somebody's house to meet his grandchildren. And his grandchild asked for me the next day, why? Because I gave him time, undivided attention. I didn't care about the conversation in the room. I wanted to hear about what he was talking about because right. it was important. It was important to him, so it was important to me. I'm trying to say that, say to people, be in the present. You're missing out living today, and you're hurting people around you because you're too worried about what they have and haven't done. Christopher isn't the same. If I was going to date Christopher now, Christopher is not the same person he was when he was a child. He's not the same person in his teens. He's not the same person when he was in his 20s or 30s. So I can't judge my decision today on what he did yesterday. I'm not the same person. You're not the same person. So when you meet somebody, meet them for here and now and give them a chance unless they prove differently. Ooh, there is gold right there. Give them a chance unless they approved differently. Um, yeah, it used to be innocent until proven guilty, but now we know about the judicial system's flaws lightly. Uh, yeah, you just don't know about that. I just interviewed uh, Jimmy Dennis, who was on wrongly convicted of murder on death row for 25 years. And uh, yeah, I was like, how did you get wrongly convicted? You're like, yeah, it's just it's just a joke. Don't get me started on that. Um, the brilliance and magnificence, magnificence that you are sharing today, Nina, uh, I can't thank you enough. I'm super honored to have you here. You're, I would love to have you back on the Ron and Scripted Show and also as well on the Unfiltered Experience to, to bring more awareness about these conversations that we need to be doing. My question to you is, obviously we can, and this is, I think this is an overall conversation for what anybody in particular is going through that, that wants to fight for something. Um, how can we really 
each of us as individuals, we're not going to go out there maybe necessarily and, and go write our con. What can we do in maybe, a, maybe like a, 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 a two-phase plan of what can we do as individuals to bring awareness to these issues that are that are in, that are pissing us off about the world and yeah. make real change? Like it, you, right? It takes a thousand. You know, I think of in the, the words that come into my mind. Sometimes I'm hearing here in the United States potentially a civil war, a revolution. You know, something that it, it's going to take something that catastrophic. I use the word catastrophic because I don't want to see people hurt to shift what is going wrong or indifferent in the world. What are your thoughts about creating that change for ourselves? Yeah, you see, it's easier to bury your head in the sand. It's easier to say, I don't really want to know because it interferes with my mindset and I don't want to get involved. I've been guilty. If you do that, you're literally as you're you're part of the problem and you might as well go and hit a child. You might as well go and rape a woman. And that sounds probably horrible and shocking to you, Chris, but you're not doing anything to prevent it. Right. For the people out there that see something and this is in my TED talk again I'm asking for teachers when I went back to school after being raped by my father and his friends I was 14 I was distraught I was withdrawn I was waiting for someone to ask me hey Nina are you okay not one person asked but they knew they saw because you're adults if you're a teacher or somebody in the authorities and you see something and do nothing about it, then you may as well have raped that child. You may as well have hit that child, beat that child, broken that child's arm and jaw. Because you're not doing anything about it. And you don't have to be directly involved. You can make a discreet call to the authorities or tell somebody that will. There are plenty of helplines out there for you to be anonymous. So why are you not doing anything? Every time you walk past a homeless person, and you will understand me saying this, Chris, because both of us have been there. Every time you walk past a homeless person and you lower your eyes and ignore them like they're not a real person, you are part of the problem. They don't want your food. They just want to be seen. If I went past you and I didn't smile at you, which I would do anyway, and if you don't want to smile, I would smile at you more. I do the same thing. If you ignore, if you are ignored, you wouldn't like it, but you do it to everyone else. What I'm trying to say is you don't know someone's story. You won't look at Chris and think, well, Chris was homeless. You won't look at me and think the same. You don't know what someone's been through. And if they're, if they're using certain things to numb their pain, then you can't judge. Just like I can't judge on you because you don't know their trauma. You don't know what it is that they've been through. And half the time, you know, homeless people don't, they don't shout abuse at you. They don't say anything. So why do you walk past them? That means that you are part of the problem, not the solution. And what I'm trying to say with this wrapping it up is to say that if something's wrong out there, don't say that you're not racist if you're watching someone being racist to someone else and doing nothing about it. You don't have to get involved, but go get someone else. Don't say that you're not sexist if you see a man beating a woman or a woman beating a man and you're doing nothing about it. Don't have to get involved, but get someone that can. If you see a child being spoken to disrespectfully, and I'm sure you've seen this plenty of times in the supermarket, by the mother with a slap even, or a father, If you don't do something about it, then you may as well have slapped that child. And this is how I feel right now. 
that I'm tired of people making excuses and you're the no excuses coach. Yes, ma'am. But I'm tired of it. And I didn't ask for this life, I'll be honest. I didn't ever think in my whole lifetime I would say I'm an activist, that my door would be nearly broken down a couple of weeks ago and I would have death threats coming left, right, centre. But people have said to me, why don't you stop? Even people that you know, Chris, have said to me, why don't you stop? If I stop, then who will stand up for this? And I'm tired of being bullied. I'm tired of that fear. I let go of that fear. So the only thing I have to fear is fear itself, which is a saying in itself. So I'm asking everyone out there to do the right thing. Show more compassion to humanity. Give love. Treat everyone like you do actually want to be treated, not how you think you're treating everyone else. We're all guilty of it. I don't do that. I will go out of my way. But what I will do is I will stop speaking to somebody if I know they're not good for my mindset, which is fine. And that's okay. If I know somebody's not supporting me, I will let go because I have to primarily think about me. That's not being selfish. That is because you're coming from love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, so beautiful. I'm looking at the time and I'm like, I could ask you so many more questions. I just, I love the conversation that we're having here. And I know the viewers are going to be definitely, uh, in, engaging with the, with, with the content we're, we're talking about today. Um, thinking about this being live versus replay. <laughs> um, I'll do you a deal. I will do live with you next time. You will. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yes, yes, yes. So much, so much what you said there is so impactful. The self-love aspect. I mean, that's, that's an important component of it. Um, releasing, releasing the anger and everything else. And I also think about, you know, the fear component, right? You know, what are we really afraid of? What are, what are we afraid of dying? We're going to die. We afraid of, for me, for me, my biggest fear is regrets, right? I have the, I always quote the book, the five regrets of the dying is I think about that. Cause I think about earnestly, that should be our biggest fear is getting to whatever the next journey is in our life and finding out that Christopher Roush was supposed to have changed the world, that Christopher Roush was supposed to be this amazing dad, that Christopher Roush was supposed to be this, but Christopher Roush never leveled up to do any of that. And to be able to be introduced like, hey, Chris, this is what you could have been. For me, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the hugest amount of leverage that I could possibly be. And now for me, and we didn't really get into this, is, is the legacy aspect of it. For me, I know that whenever I go that usually most likely it, it, the situation is going to be that Christopher Roush was fighting for what was right and what was fair. He was risking for which that mattered, or he was leaving the earth a better place for who he was and what he did, whether it's playing with my kid, whether it's engaging with my neighbor, whether it's, you know, doing community work, whether it's help heal humanity, which now I'm on the board of directors on. So we're doing massive stuff with that, whatever it is, or just talking to my wife or whatever it is. I always want to know that in those moments that whatever happens, that my life meant the most to me. And then I was achieving that legacy to be able to go out there and make the world a better place and be a beacon of light for my son and for all the kids and the generations that are coming. Um, Nina, I can't thank you enough for being here. Where can people get a hold of you and continue the conversation with you? So I want I would like I would like to ask for support for my cause, which is to end honor killings. I have a website called End Honor Killings, and we spell it with a U in the United Kingdom. So it's H-O-N-O-U-R on a killings.org. I'm gonna, I'm gonna type that in. So www dot and H-O-N-O-U-R-S. So it's just with a U. Killings. <laughs> killings.org O-R-G. Okay. I would like for everyone to look me up um and find my TED talk, which should right be one? released anytime. 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, I'd like you to find me on Instagram. I am under London's Life Coach and also Nina underscore the Brit. I'd like you to please, if you see anything happening out there that you know is wrong, to do something about it and not ignore it. If I can get my petition signed as well, which is on my Nina underscore the Brit Instagram, I'm trying to get to the United Nations to go and stir some things up so that they can maybe take a harsher stance and get rid of this pandemic, as I call it, that's been around for far too long of killing another person for the sake of honour. There's no honour in killing. Nina, 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 thank you so much. I know your schedule is crazy. That's why I want to respect your time and keep it thank under an hour. You. I know that you're jumping from Zoom to Zoom to Zoom. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. You're you're an amazing individual. I want to have more conversations with you offline and see what I can do to support um, and you. just to learn just to learn more as well. So thank you so much for your time tonight. I'm going to go and put you backstage and close out the show, and then we'll talk a little bit before that. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, connect with her. I'll be talking to you soon in just a second. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, the Raw and Unscripted show. Holy moly. Did your mind get blown? Did your eyes get opened? Did your heart get awakened? What I want you to do from this, not, now normally I say one or two things. I want you to take three things away from this conversation. I want you to take pen and paper. You better have it. If not, if you don't have it, you know, take this, 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 this newfangled contraption called pen and paper and write three things down, three actionable items that you guys are going to take from this conversation because it's powerful. It's powerful. And Nina's right. And you guys have heard me say it. I haven't said it a lot lately, but I was saying it for, for a while. I tend to go on little spiffs or whatever, but if you're not part of the problem or if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. So if there is something that you identify with that you would disagree with overall, right? If you don't like the way the school system is, then get your ass up and go to a city council meeting or go to whatever they are. Actually, I'm learning about that. I have a city council meeting and I'm going to go to it and I'm I don't even fucking go to that bullshit. You know, we all say it, yet we bitch about the things that we're not changing. We're bitching about the stuff like, oh, it's seven o'clock. You know, I got that's dinner time. And then I got to do the, no, it's a meeting. It's go engage in the things that piss you off. Release the things that piss you off. Find out the root cause of why they piss you off. Go get a coach, go get a therapist. Be the change that you want to see. None of we can't have any more of this. Well, they should be doing this and they should be doing that and standing around the water cool and everything. The next time somebody comes up to you and says, Oh, we should be doing this, say, What are you doing about it? What can we do about it? Maybe partner with them. Maybe say, You know what? You and I talk a lot of bullshit. You know, but whether Madge, Henry, George, whatever your whoever your buddy is that you talk about shit with, hey, why don't we do something about it? Why don't we stand up? You know, there's, there's to what Nina said is very, very important. And she said a couple of things that I will sit here and admit publicly to you guys, because you guys know I'm very raw, raw and vulnerable. Um, I'm one of those guys that sticks his head in the sand quite often. And the reason why I do that is because I like my life. I love my life. I love my moments. We were talking about that, uh, uh, a lot during this conversation about the moment. So I'm like, do I want to take these moments and go deal with stuff that, that upsets me and hurts me and makes me crazy and makes me angry? You know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a choice we have to make. And that's a choice that I'm making as well by having these conversations, bringing people like Nina on the show, having more conversations like this that we're going to be having on the unfiltered experience, which, you know, where we, we have a majority of our more world, uh, societal type topics there. This is more inspiration and stuff like that. So we'll be definitely having Nina on the show there, but what is it that we can do in our lives? How can we all accept responsibility from this day forward? having discipline and love for ourselves and being the beacon of change that we want to see. I challenge you guys. Again, you've heard me say this a lot lately. If you're upset, hurt people, hurt people. If you find that your relationships suck, take a look within, 
Don't say, well, that person's doing that to make me mad. Nobody can make you anything. Man's Search for Meaning, The I'm not even gonna, right there, right there, that book, Man's Search for Meaning over my right shoulder, might be your left, I'm not sure over there. Man's Search for Meaning, nobody can make you feel anything. Nobody can do that to you. You have to sit there and look at this through a lens of love. You have to sit there and look through the opportunity in your life to make an impact. It's not just about what you want in the short-term gratification of things. It's in the long-term result of why we're all here as a collective human species trying to change the world. And there are people out there trying to change it for the worse. And to Nina's point, am I standing up and using my voice, and my platform at the very least to bring about these conversations that I really don't want to have? I really don't want to talk about QAnon shit. I don't really want to talk about, you know, all this different stuff because what is it going to do? It's going to piss me off. But then, then I have an opportunity. Then it pisses me off. Okay. Then Chris, you can take the next level of action for whatever it is that you feel you want to support with. And that's sometimes what we do. We run and hire, be like, I don't want to deal with that. I stopped watching the news and following the politics following the politics. That's why I call it the politics. Starting following, stop following politics because it's not really not politics. It's bullshit. Um, probably about 10 or 11 years ago. And I was just like, I'm not going to do this to myself because all I found myself was like screaming at the television, going to work. Do you guys see what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And then like, what are you going to have for lunch, Dave? All right. Okay. You know, that kind of bullshit. This is a time for us to all stand up and own our opportunity here within this world to make a change, make a change for our kids, make a change for our youth, make a change within ourselves that when our time is up here in this uh, human world, that we go out fighting and swinging, enjoying every single fucking moment that we have, because that's the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, you think about fear, fear of judgment is crap. Who fucking cares about what you're doing? They're not thinking about you. You think you're thinking about you, but they're thinking about themselves and they're probably thinking about you thinking about them. So where's the idiocracy in that? Come on. Time to stand up, guys. We're on a scripted. I love you. We will see you here next Tuesday, as always, live, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, make sure you're in the Ron Unscripted group in uh, Facebook. I uh, think we have the, 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 the ticker thing somewhere around there. You guys know where it's at. The Ron Unscripted group on Facebook. I love you guys. Peace out. Have a wonderful evening, and we will talk to you next time here.